Hey guys, we are so glad you're here with us at Journey Church Online. If you're interested in getting more information about Journey Church, we have a messaging service where you can text the phrase, My Welcome to 94000. This will help you get to know a little bit more about Journey Church. Well, all right, Journey Church, good morning. Yeah, come on, you guys are excited. I'm so glad to hear it. It's an exciting day. It's been an amazing Christmas season. Would you agree? Absolutely, yeah, man. Uh, listen, can we just thank our worship team for this morning, for what they brought us into and helped us get to this morning, man. They did an amazing job. I know you guys watching online, you had a great time this morning as well. We're so thankful for them. As we press into a new year, man, I'm always constantly thinking back to the old days, right? Back in the day when I was growing up. And for some of you guys who are a little bit younger, we did not always have these little devices called cell phones and iPads and those kind of things. What we did have and we still have and I'm so thankful for is some tiny pieces of paper, some some number two pencils that are yellow that you can break and throw at people and have all kind of fun with. But, man, back in the day when I was in school, we used to write these love letters. Anybody with me on the love letter thing that you used to do back in the day? Yeah, thank you. There's like 15 hands in the room. Thank you. The rest of y'all making me feel really old today. Um, but, yeah, we used to take out a pencil. We'd see some little girl across the room, first grade. It was Jacqueline Jackson for me. Ooh, that's a name. I couldn't spell it in the first grade, but I knew her, what her name was, and I would write her a letter. Dear Jack, uh, you know who you are. And I would say, do you like me? Check yes or no, and I'd put little boxes. Man, I would work up the nerve to take this letter and, you know, write it and fold it and make it really cute and probably draw a heart on it. I mean, I'm really losing all the man card moments right now but this is what we did back in the day and I, I would put that aside and I would try to find the right time to give it to her and it didn't happen so after about a week of working up the nerve man I went up and like slid it in, up under her coloring book you know first grade you got to be creative and she looked at it and I thought this is it and I got it back and it was a big big check mark on the no yeah dang is right big check mark on the no and man do you think it pushed me down no i went back as i learned how to write her name because i thought if i'd memorize her name and i could spell it correctly then i'd get well eventually i got a yes for about two days and then some other guy wrote her another letter and and she checked yes on him and so i was dumped but anyway the thing is this is that we would write these letters we would make it very very simple check yes or no and the whole time i was working on this message i kept playing that george Strait song in my head y'all know what i'm talking about I will not hurt you, and especially at home, I will not hurt you uh, by, by singing that song. I'm not going to do that. But just the simplicity of writing a letter, letting someone know how you feel about them, the desire that you have for them, and the question becoming, just, just check yes or check no. Make a decision, and let's move on, out on it. Well, this morning we're going to talk on this topic of uh, all things new. We're going to read in Revelation where Jesus himself stands and he speaks and he begins to share. And one of his best friends on earth, which is John, begins to write down. He writes down a bunch of stuff. But he writes this letter. He pins this down for us to even read today. And we begin to see where Jesus himself continues to say, listen, I am coming and I have come and I'm going to come again. But I'm not coming to take what your attempt at making something good. I'm coming to make all things new. I am coming to make you new. Jesus doesn't want to take what your attempt has been. He does not want to take what, what you have placed so much of your life and so much of your time into making better and my best attempt. And Jesus, I'm really trying. He says, no, I am here to make you new. 
So if you would, turn to Revelation 21. This is verse 5 through 7. We're going to read this together. You'll see it pop up on the screen. And these are the words straight from, from, from heaven as John is writing down. And he says, To the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, Write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And, and he also said, It is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. And all who are victorious will inherit all these blessings. And I will be their God and they will be my children. We have this direct quote from Jesus. He is speaking straight to us. I have come to make all things new. Did you see what happened in the middle of that passage? We see Jesus again say the words that he said on the cross. Two times Jesus is referenced as saying, to tell us that it is finished. And he says it again in this passage. He says, look, I, I, it's over. It's done. There's nothing else that can be done. There's nothing else that can happen to be improved on what I've done for you. It's finished. And he reminds John of the same thing. The disciple that was standing there looking up and seeing him confess this with his arms open, poured out all the blood, poured out everything from his body, gave everything for the salvation of mankind. And he not only hears it that day, but he sees Jesus and he hears him say it again. It is finished. That's John 19.30. Jesus is coming to make all things new. There is an earthly implication to Jesus' words that he gave to John, but also there's eternal, heavenly, in this revelation that he's given to us. It is not just about, hey, I want you to, to change me, to make me better. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say, hey, I'll make you better. He says, I'll make you New And as we press a few more days into getting to go into 2021, and aren't we super excited to ring out 2020? And I mean, like, you ever had that rag in the bathtub that was so just soaked, and you just pick it up and you just squeeze it, and, like, all this water comes out, and you're like, that's kind of fun. Then you try to see how much stronger you can get. You're just, woo, you wrench that thing down, and all of a sudden you're just like, okay, now this thing is almost completely dry and it's, it's kind of hard, like almost back to cardboard. We are ringing out 2020 and going into a new year. And I want us to understand that Jesus does the same thing for us in our life. In our greatest attempt to get to be better, he says, no, 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 I'm going to make you new. I'm going to ring you out and make you into a new creation. So he comes to give us new. Jesus will give us a new love. When we ourselves say, I am done attempting, I am done trying, I am done living a life that is given to nothing, Jesus, I want you, I want this salvation that you give to us. It's the same presentation we, we continue to give every week of, the, of this Jesus who is calling to you. I want to save you. I want to change you. I want to make you new. He will give us a new love. Psalm 63, 3. Read this with me. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. Maybe we should read this again slower. Your unfailing love is better than what? Life itself. This life that I have, this, this psalmist is writing, even what I have right now, what you give me is better. How I praise you. It's an exclamation point. It's never said with just how I praise you. 
this low life and this deep voice that I speak. No, it is expression of excitement. That is what Jesus will do to us. He will give us a new life. The dull life, the dull reading that we have. No, it will change when he gives us this new love. The word love is something that we use. We, we, we flaunt it around. We flash it around. I want you to know, this is not the love that we have for a pair of Nike tennis shoes. This is not the love that we have for the 80-inch 4K television. This is not the love for the brand-new four-wheeler, the side-by-side. This is a different love. This love is a commitment. This love is a sacrifice. It's wedding vows. Do you remember your vows? To love, to cherish, to have, to hold. In sickness and in health. In better and in worse. This is the love that Jesus is giving to us. And even in saying the vows, even as much as I love my wife. And her name is not Jacqueline. That did not happen. I got better. I got Carla and I could spell her name. It is better than that. And listen, some of y'all, you say something like, my wife doesn't love me, but my mama loves me. It's even better than that. There's times mama just chose to like you because loving you was hard. This is much more different than that. Jesus comes to show us what true love is. It was his sacrifice. He sacrificed for us. It was his death. He gave it all. And listen, it didn't stop there. Because in that tomb, his love was so great that it burst forth back into life and it became resurrection. And he said, listen, I love you this much. I will do something. I will conquer death. I'll resurrect so that you don't have to experience that. That's the love that Jesus brings. He gives us a new love. It's his unfailing love. But also check this verse out. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were what? We're still sinners. This is not a past writing. This is active. This is right now on December 27th. This morning, we are still sinners. But he died for us, even in the midst of the sin that we still have in our life. Love is this. It's coming back for you. It's coming back for me. It's coming back for us time and time and time again. This love that Jesus has, there's nothing in this world that compares to it. Thank God there's nothing in this world that compares to it. Because in your sin and in my sin, the things that have even happened this morning that would discredit us from heaven, Jesus says, no, my love is going to supersede that. So even in our sin, our rebellion, our disobedience, our hatred for other people, the lying that we've done, the cheating that we've done, the stealing, etc., it goes on and on and on. He still died for you and for me. He still provides that free gift of salvation in the midst of the sin that is still present. So Jesus will give us a new love, but Jesus will also give us a new life. He's going to make all things new. In the Bible, there's two words for life. The Greek read it as bios, which we get biology from, which is like the science and the study of like physical life. But zoe... And Zoe means this. Zoe means God's divine life. So the next time you go eat at Zoe's kitchen, hopefully it won't kill you, but, but it, the word Zoe means God's divine life. So as he gives us new life, check this verse out. Galatians 
It says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is the Zoe. This is the God's divine life that he gives to, the, he gives to us freely. He gives to us if we accept the gift, the divine life that he has for us. It's the one who rose from the dead who wants to live with you. He wants to live in you. He wants to transform you. I read this quote. It was by an older gentleman. And he said, all of us are in a checkout line. Some of us are just closer to the front than others. Many of us didn't get to experience that during the Christmas holiday because we chose to shop online. But some of us did because we were sitting at home waiting on that package to come. And so thinking about that, thinking about death is that, you know, we're all in this line to get to death. Whether we believe that or not, it's true. Whether you believe you're 10 foot tall and bulletproof, you're not. But you are in a line to get to death. We should call them death days and not birthdays. But that's for another sermon. And so but we, we are in this line and we get there, but some of us are closer. Today, people have died. Yesterday, people have died. Guess what happens tomorrow? People will die. But the thing that's going to divide them between heaven and hell is the relationship that they have with Jesus, accepting that free gift that he gives. And I want you to understand this. It's not how big your faith is. It's how big the one in which your faith is in that will bring you into heaven. It is not about your faith. It's about the faith in the one. That will divide. The gospel will continue to divide. One more verse, 2 Corinthians 5.17. He says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Guys, read this with me again. Look at this. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Your life doesn't exist anymore. Your old excuses won't cut it anymore. The habits, they need to go. Why? Because he's made you new. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. I want us to focus on this new life for a moment. And remember back to maybe when you had a child or you've seen an infant. I remember my, my children at different ages, but I mean when they were you know this big and, and just kind of gooey, they didn't really do much. They made a lot of noise. But when I would say, hey, I need you to turn the lights off when, you, when you're done in the room, do you think they did that? They didn't. Do you think they knew what it was to go fix a bowl of cereal and it's like, stop crying, go fix your own food? I think a lot of times as believers, we look at a new creation and we look at a new believer and we say, hey, listen, you should have this all figured out by now. I know you've given your life to Jesus. I know you've become a Christian. I know you've become a believer You should have this figured out by now. Why aren't you praying better? Why aren't you talking to God more? Why aren't you giving more? Why aren't you serving more? Because it's a new life. They're babies. How will they grow unless we teach them? How will they grow up unless they surround themselves with people that will press into them and help them along the way? We have got to be willing to not only be excited about the new believer, but invite them into a relationship. That says, hey, look, I want you to follow me and kind of do some of the things I do, and I'm going to mess up along the way. 
I'm not going to always get it right. But I'm inviting you to it because you're a new life. You don't have everything figured out. And you're not going to have everything figured out. Because you're new. But church, let's take the time to be patient. And let's take the opportunity to invite people into this. They don't have to get to where we are. They just got to get to the next step in their life. And that's where we help. Because they're new. And they're young. And guess what? You were once too. And maybe you're still stuck in a very immature place. Because you haven't grown. But Jesus will also give us a new power. He's given us a new love. He's given us new life. He will give us new power. You might remember the show um, Home Improvement. Tim the Toolman Tedder, one of my heroes of 90s comedies. But Tim was always interested in more power. <laughs> and he would make this growl. And uh, there's one great episode, one of the first ones where um, the dishwasher wouldn't take the, the, the stuff off the plates. And so he decided he was going to take the pump out, put a new one in. And his wife said, don't do it. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll put this new pump in. We're going to do this. And he goes over, pulls the panel off, and it's him and his youngest son. And they're, literally they're bare-chested, and they have on tool belts. And he's looking at the wires, and he can't figure out which one is the power. And he starts rationalizing between the sun and the ground. And, oh, it's got to be that one. And he, he, he touches it, and it shocks him. Well, he finally gets it in, and he turns it on, and it literally blows the plates out of the dishwasher. Just explodes them right out because he wanted more power. And as goofy as that seems, but he took something that had standard power, and he hopped it up and, and made it do things it wasn't really designed to do. And a little bit in our life, when we invite the power of the Holy Spirit in, by saying yes to Jesus and salvation, we're going to receive more power than we really know what to do with. But I want to let you in on a little bit of a secret before we read any verses. This power do we rarely tap into. This power do you yourself rarely tap into because a lot of times we go, Jesus, your salvation, your death on the cross is everything that I needed. Thank you for that. God, thank you for hearing my prayers. But Holy Spirit, you're kind of weird. And when we hear the word spirit, we think ghost, we think spiritual, we think all these things. And so we shy away from it. And Jesus himself is the one that told us, unless I go away, this one can't come. Because you'll do greater things through him than with me staying on this earth. And we will never know the power that we have until we tap into it. Read this. John seven thirty seven through 39. On the last day of the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowd, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Do you see that word shouted? We often see this time where Jesus is so soft-spoken, it's like he walked around with a tiny lamb in his hand. And he just stroked it. And he would speak like, If anyone wants to come to me. This is not Jesus. It's not Jesus at all. He loves people. I don't think he ever carried around a pet lamb. But he sure didn't speak sheepishly and softly and whisper. He shouted. He's making this decree for everyone. Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declares rivers of living water will flow from his heart. 
And when he had said living water, he was speaking of the Spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. Jesus had not ascended into heaven. Is what this passage is telling us. But the Spirit would come and bring what? A tiny trickle? An annoying drip in a faucet? No, rivers of flowing water. Have you ever seen a river flow? I mean, where I grew up was close to the Mississippi River. And that thing is huge. And I had the thought one day of like, you know what, I'd like to go swimming in that. But someone older than me said, no, you can't swim in the Mississippi because the current is so strong. It will pull you under and it will kill you. So I didn't do it. And then I got some times where the water would come up. There would be a lot of floods in the north and the water would get really thick down. And we could go and it would almost break out of its banks. And I'm telling you, until you see something like that flowing with that power, with that magnitude, do you really understand what Jesus was telling us? He said, listen, I'm going to give abundance More than you can imagine. It's going to flow from the Spirit. And He gives us that power. Romans 8. More talk of the power. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. I feel like I need to read that one more time. Because again, this is a declaration to us as believers that I don't think we truly believe. And again, I wanted you to know, it's either all true The Bible is true from cover to cover, or it's all false. There's really no in-between. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. He wants to give you life, abundant life, greater life than you can understand, greater life than we can comprehend. And not life just like, hey, one day when I'm dead, I get to go live with Jesus in heaven. No, 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 no. Not just that. Not life like, oh, well, you know, one day I'm limping on earth. Boy, I'm going to be better when I'm in heaven. No, no, no. Because you get his power now. The abundant life that you can have right now is in Jesus. If you can lean into it and if you can receive it. Again, the same Jesus that rose from the dead is the same Jesus that wants to live in you. And he wants to see you have a new love. A love like you've never experienced before. A compassion for humanity. A love that drives you to do things that you've never comprehended. He wants to give you a new life. Life to the full. Life to the, to, to the grandest scale that you've never experienced. Not void of problems. Because we live on this earth but life that lives beyond the problems. And he wants to give you power like you've never experienced before. Power to love the unlovable. Power to press through the problems of the world. So it really kind of boils down to this one big question. Have you received new life? And again, it's a check yes or no. It's just a simple question that's been given to us. 
And I understand that in your mind you're going, but Brandon, it's got to be more complicated than that. There's got to be more to this than that. The answer is no, because this is the beginning. There can be as much as you want to add to it, but I'm just telling you, the beginning is yes or no. So have you received new life? Have you yourself sitting in this room, have you yourself at home received new life? The life that only Jesus can bring. The life that comes through his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his salvation. That is the life. And have you received it? I want you to know if that is what you right now in your heart say, that is, that is truly what I want. I don't want an improved version of myself. I don't want just a better me. I want new life. I want Jesus. And everything that comes with him, I want that. In a few moments, our prayer team will be down to the front, and you can go and you can speak with them if you need to. You can share with them. You can pray with them. Now, they're there to, to listen and talk to you. At home, if you, if you need to talk, you can send in a card. You can, you can let us know through email. But we want to respond to you. Because for some of us, we've experienced that new life. And following Jesus has been something that's not always been the easiest thing. But man, is it a joy. read this quote this morning by C.S. Lewis. And he says, It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We're half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and ambition when infinite joy is offered us, like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at sea. We are far too easily pleased. Don't be satisfied with what this world has to give you because it will always be full of disappointment and frustration. And if we choose the world, we choose to lose. But when we answer the call from Christ, we choose life. Here's some next steps for us today. As a new creation, I will. Remember a moment ago we talked about how we don't grow. That we, when sometimes we see people that are new believers, we get frustrated with them because they don't pray longer than five seconds or, or, or they don't seem to respond the right way or they still say some of the wrong things. Because we've not chosen to grow. So here's what we're going to do. Number one, we're going to grow. We're meant to grow as believers, as followers of Jesus. You are meant to grow. Nobody puts a plant in the ground and goes, we'll see what happens. No, you water it, you take time, you spend time with it, you give it some fertilizer, you prune it when necessary, you pull the fruit off, why? So it will continue to grow. So we'll do that. We're meant to grow as believers. Secondly, we're, we, we grow in community with other believers. I want you to know that you will never grow if you do continue to stay isolated and stay alone. As a new creation, you need to grow. Be with people. Be with other believers. Don't just be with just regular people. Be with other believers. Find yourself in a small group. Find yourself in a place where you can grow. 
by reading and journaling. Oftentimes I'll speak with people and say, hey, I want to read more and I'll do this. Well, I say, well, tell me, do you journal? No, I don't do I don't write stuff down, man. I don't do that. And my response is always like, man, I'm so glad that the, that the, that the framers of the Bible and everyone that we've read about didn't feel the same way. They didn't, oh, I'm too good to write. I don't have time for that. I'm not a good writer. They wrote down, they journaled what Jesus was doing in their life. Why? Because now we have the Word of God. We have it right in our hands. Because they took time to, to put it down, what God was saying to them. I'm always amazed that when I write things down and I go back months or years, and it's not always earth-shattering information, but it's simply amazing to see where I was to where God's brought me to. And journaling will do that. Reading will do that. We also grow by praying, talking, and lastly, lastly, this is the separation between Jesus and Santa Claus, is by listening to God. We don't go sit in his lap and just, oh, I want a pony, I want a Corvette, I want a big fancy house, I don't want to work. It's not a, it's not, you know, he's not a genie in a lamp. We're going to listen to him because his words are life. And we also grow by joining and becoming active in a life group. I want you to know that one of the, one of the biggest steps you can take in your life is by joining a life group. We have those. We're getting ready to launch into a new season coming up in January. We have life groups. No more excuses. Just join one. Number two, we serve. We are created to work and serve each other. God created us to serve. We look in the book of Genesis. One of the first things that that happened was is that Adam had to work. We are created with posable thumbs and hands and feet and legs and all that help us work. And so we're created to serve. We serve God by serving each other. We serve the church by joining the dream team. Our dream team is our service base here that does so many things that we don't see. And they've gone above and beyond the past several weeks to serve our body. Every service, every week, they show up. And guess what? There's room for you. Never say, oh, they got too many people. No, we have room for you. We want you to serve. We want you to take time to be a part of what we're doing at Journey Church. And lastly, we love others. We fulfill the Great Commission when we Love And it's not lip service. I don't mean to say, hey, I love you. I mean, we truly love. We press in in those moments. How do we love? We share love when we sacrifice. There's still time to give to the big give if you've not done that yet. There's still moments left in this month to give that will go and impact our city, our area, our state, our nation, and the globe by your generosity and your giving. The sacrificial giving is part of that. We share love when we worship. What happens in this room every week? What happens in your car on the way to work? What happens in the vehicle on the way taking kids to school? What happens in your home at night before the meal, after the meal, before breakfast, when we worship? Worship is not always in this room, guys. It's part of this room. It's what we do. But we have to show love when we worship. And we share love when we make disciples. The Great Commission is not optional. We are called to make disciples. So let's go and do these things. 
Let's truly be the one thing that the world says we won't be. Let's be a new creation. Let's press into that. Let's press into the, to the newness of life. Let's press into the greatness of who God is. And be new. Not a better version of your old self. Let's be new. Our prayer team is still ready. This morning, if you say, I'm ready to be new, you can go see them. That is a decision you will make in your life. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for this day. Lord, we thank you that you have given us this day to hear your word. God, that you've continued to give us great opportunities, Lord. To serve you. Father, I pray that as we even continue now in worship, God, that we would truly draw that circle around ourselves. To ask ourselves the, the question, Father, is, Lord, am I new? Am I a new creation? Or am I just trying to be a better version of my old self? Father, I thank you that in this room your spirit is moving. That God, right now you are dealing with someone in this place. Father, you're dealing with someone far away right now. Father, there's someone in this room that believes they can't come back to you. That they can't approach you because they're not clean enough. They've not done enough yet. Father, I pray that you you break that lie in their heart. And God, you show them they can never be good enough. But that you would receive them right where they are. Right now. And Father, as we worship, as we finish up, Father, pray that there would be a boldness in someone to move today, God. To move into salvation. To move into new life. God, be ever-changed. And be the new life that you've called them to be. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks for such an incredible message, Pastor Mike. If you just made a decision to follow Christ, we want you to know it's the greatest decision you have ever made. And we want to help you with your next steps. If you'll text the phrase, my decision, to the number 94,000, we would love to help you as you began this journey with Christ. Now we're going to bring our tithes and offering to God. I want to encourage you to trust God completely in this area of your life. And we do that through our giving. Now we've made this super simple. You should see a link on the screen and in the comment section to the Journey Church Giving page. There you can return God's tithe and your offering. If you need help learning how to give online, we have several videos on our YouTube page. Your giving allows us to continue to make an increasing impact for the gospel. And so take that step right now and allow God to bless your obedience.